What up, what up, what up? This is the World Music Podcast podcast with your hosts, Corey Patton and Gonzalo Bernal. Say hi, Gonzo. Hello. Today's theme of music, we're going to look at some cumbia fusion music. So uh, let's get it started. You are listening to the World Music Podcast, podcast with your hosts, Corey and Gonzo. All right, all right. How's everybody doing? Um, today, our guest is Matthew Treadwell. Matthew Treadwell is actually the drummer for La Unica. And as you've known, if you've actually listened to the first two episodes, um, both I and Gonzo are also in La Unica. So the first three episodes, we're getting a really good introduction on who we are as a band and also who our members are. <clears throat> but we're also going to listen to some music and talk about it. Uh, if you have any questions or if you want to talk to us, uh, get a hold of us. Just contact contact us at Mundo Musica Podcast, and that's M U N D O M U S I C A Podcast at gmail dot com. <clears throat> or you can go to our blog page, which is World Music Podcast dot blogspot dot com. So as you as you know, uh, right now some of this stuff is kind of uh, I guess you could say uh, under construction. <laughs> We're kind of uh, making it look a little bit better every week. Um, and within the next couple of months, all that stuff is going to look really great. Also, I will note that the microphones that we're using, I think every week we've been trying out a different setup. So today's microphone is brought to you by Neumann. I don't know how to pronounce that. Neumann. Got it. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, so bear with us. We have a slightly ghetto setup besides this microphone. This microphone's probably cost more than everything else that we're using today. Um, <laughs> including us. Including my pants and shoes and everything. <laughs> but um, also, uh, we had a streak going, and the streak was two episodes, okay? What we've been trying to do is have beer in hand for these shows. The beer was slightly related to the type of music that we were listening to. So, you know, it was really hopeful thinking that we would have this third episode talk about cumbia music and, you know, ideally have some, uh, some beer in hand that was from Colombia. But we failed. <laughs> and it's that. only been the third episode and now we're drinking, what is this, Fat Tire Winter Seasonal Accumulation. Yeah. I don't think the Belgians uh, dance much cumbia. You never know. We could find out. We yeah, could, we yeah. Could look that you're out, right. So. If you're I right. could correct you, it's New Belgium Brewing Company. So Fat uh, Tire yeah. is a beer by New Belgium. Thank you for that. And it's 6.2%. So we could talk about this as well, okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you forgot my drink. Oh, yeah. What do you... Oh, you're drinking... Yep. Private Reserve Padding this Foundation. Is, this is that private padding stuff right now. He's drinking Lagavulin. Mm. which is a uh, scotch that I'm only letting people taste because it's so good. Yeah, it is good. It is um, good. Okay, so we're going to pretty much get right into it, and we're going to welcome our guest here. So, Matt, say hello to everybody. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> All right. Glad to be here. <laughs> um, so, Matt is our drummer. 
and we call him Treads affectionately. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's simply because we have two mats in our band. So if you ever hear any of us refer to our drummer, we're usually referring to him as Treads. Today, I'm sure that will slip out every once and again. But uh, so Matt, we want to learn a little bit about your background, and uh, obviously, we know you're pre- you know pretty much one of the sickest drummers that we know and that we played with. Oh yeah, um, I, I would like to uh, say something about this guy. Um, Do it. This guy is. I, I'm gonna describe this guy. He is super white. He is Jewish, but to me, this guy has. Uh, inside his uh, brain and blood, he is Latin. I'm I'm pretty sure of that because this guy can pick any beat in a second and make it better two minutes later. So that's the kind of drummer I I, I have a nickname for him. And it is the Beat Machine because he's the most reliable drummer I have ever played with in my life. Funny story uh, a couple days ago. Uh, at the end of rehearsal, Treads looks at us and he just goes, Hey, Gonzo, can you also not refer to me as the fill-in drummer? Because people actually believe that. <laughs> and what that means is, at a show, Gonzo is kind of giving an introduction to everybody. And he looks back and he's like, Hey, we forgot our drummer today. <laughs> and instead we brought the beat machine. <laughs> but sometimes that doesn't get to everybody in the audience. <laughs> And apparently people in the audience... Well, it's my crappy English from Venezuela. Well, I after Porch Fest, some guy came up to him and was like, Hey, man, you did a great job filling in. <laughs> <laughs> so... Shoot yeah, the guy next awesome. time you see him, okay? <laughs> um, okay, so I want to know about you know your experience playing music. So we we're going to have a, a little uh, you know interview with you. So let me know. When did you start playing music or... or what was the first instrument that you played? How old were you? <clears throat> I dabbled in some piano lessons when I was probably like nine or ten. And really didn't go anywhere. Yeah. I always wanted to play the drums, so I started when I was around thirteen. What? Uh, why did you? What? Why did you always want to play the drums? Just looked cool. <laughs> to be totally honest, it just looked cool. You but know, I mean, just, what were you? What were you watching that made it? You know. Um, to be totally honest, this dude at camp just had this, you know, this, one of those impressions. You know, what is it like a summer camp? Or yeah, summer like camp, sleepaway camp. Nice. In, uh, upstate New York. And what I was, was like, it called? Sedgwin Camps. It was like this poor, rundown old Jewish camp. Yeah, yeah. If anyone is listening to this that knows about Sedgwin <laughs> Camps, poor Jervis, New York. The docks were under the lake, so when we walked around. Like it was really run down. Really? Oh, okay. Kind of... So it was just like... Anyways, but this guy was drumming. And he, he like had his kit in camp, and like, I was just very taken by it. And uh, yeah, just kind of went from there. Started taking lessons with a kind of local legend, Walter Saub. Um, and uh, kind of the rest is history, I guess. So this is someone that came to perform for the summer camp for the kids? Or? No, he was a camper there. Were, were your parents expecting that you picked the, uh, something less noisy, like guitar or, or violin? Or? I guess not. Just walking and say, I want to play drums. Yeah, I think my mom got me a drum set when she got sick of me playing the furniture. <laughs> yeah, so... That's hilarious, man. Yeah. That's I don't know. Uh, actually, the last episode we had an interview with myself, and already there's a couple things there. I started piano first, mm. yeah, similarly, me too. and 
I, I did go to a summer camp in upstate New York. Damn. Look at that. It was not Sedgwick. Uh-oh. It, it was not Sedgwick. It wasn't Sedgwick. Uh-oh. So, so you get, so do you get a drum kit? Is this like a gift or like, is it like a conversation like, okay, we're going to. We're gonna actually look into like you know getting you a drum set. Or was yeah, it like a surprise or? How yeah, happen? like I started with like a snare drum, like a lot of people do, and then uh, it was like around my bar mitzvah, so it was sort of like a bar mitzvah gift. I, I want to say. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So. Just a snare? No, no, like the whole kit. Oh, nice! I got it at Venomins Music. This is Maryland. This is old school, yeah. Okay. And where where is that set? That set is currently at a student's house, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice, man. So. You sold I see it every week. No, I let him use it. What kind, oh, of, okay. what kind of set? Pearl Export. Oh, nice. A lot of drummers. Well, yeah. What color it is? Black. Nice. Nice. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> so you, okay, so you go, you get a drum set. <clears throat> Are you taking lessons now? Yeah, like, okay. with, with Walter, Walter Saab. Okay. Um, great teacher, kind of a brutal teacher. Um, you know, kind of learned by pain. Yeah. <laughs> like he didn't believe in ADD or anything. Yeah. You know, because he can, uh, you know, get my attention through pain. He like smoked cigars, you know. Yeah. He was crazy for technique. Like if you took your fingers off the stick, he would put his cigar under, under my elbow. Oh, oh nice. He God. was not afraid to hit. And like for some reason, my parents like dropped me off at this guy's house. But he actually ended up becoming one of my best friends. Um, he was a crazy man. I think anybody who knows Walt will... That is awesome. Google Walter Salvin. You'll you need like a little, like, like, you know, like fucking uh, Mickey. Yeah. You know, like you have Rocky, cars Rocky and Mickey. Days? You need a guy that's a little rough around the edges to go, <laughs> you're faster than grease lightning treads. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, this guy was more like, you're like the fucking cancer get down and practice kind of thing he was, uh, he was a little like you know he was harsh yeah, yeah. tough wow. love right yeah that's good okay that you were let's say 12 13 yeah okay so you get the set you start taking lessons and you know usually drummers I mean you're going into like rudiments or something like that yeah or like are you focusing on like I want to play like Dave Grohl you know what I mean is yeah. there like are you playing jazz right away How does I was that... like super into Nirvana that was like Prime Nirvana, like unplugged. That's me too, dude. I was like crazy about Nirvana. And unplugged. Then, That's killing, right? The first song I learned was uh, <clears throat> "All Apologies." There we go. Keep yeah, there going. you go, guys. That was in college, and, and Nirvana <laughs> came around. So, yeah, but you're old. <laughs> but I'm handsome, bitch. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so um, let's say, okay, you, oh, you're taking these crazy lessons and smashing punks. Smashing, smashing punks. Oh yeah, like today. Like uh, I never Mel got into Smashing Pumpkins. Like when that shit came out, I was like, freedom. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that song. Come on, that whole that whole thing. That was so huge. That double disc, man. That was like life changing for a lot of people. What about Pearl Jam? Of those bands from the '90s, Pearl Jam is by far the best. I never liked Pearl Jam when I was like younger. I like Pearl Jam a lot more now. Yeah. Than I did. Oh, absolutely. For some reason. Well, smart people like me. That's. I'm just kidding. Okay, let's say you 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 were taking pain from your teacher, but when did you see some action? Okay. You formed a band, you were asked, because I, I remember from my days, well, this is in the 80s, you weren't born, uh, but the hardest thing to find was a drummer. 
What was in your case? How do you get into real the real deal? Well, to be honest, I didn't really take anything seriously, like at all, to like like middle of college. So like high school, high school was like going to the mall and like having girlfriends and like you know just mm. stupid shit. Yeah. But <clears throat> um, college is when I was like, all right, this is when I'm gonna get serious about yeah. it. And then uh, moves. So wait, during high school though, I mean, even though obviously seriousness aside, like, are you playing in bands? Like, does not, that happen at all? Or are you playing really. like in high school jazz bands or anything? No, like that? my high school was kind of lame with the music program, but like <clears throat> the music teacher there was really cool, and I did like the musicals. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Some edits. Sorry. That's all right. Um. But, like, it really wasn't, like, front of mind. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, uh... Yeah. Some schools have it, you know, have, like, a really good handle on getting the kids, like, really ramped up with, like, jazz band, combo band. But, I mean, even doing the school plays, that's good, too. Yeah, it was good. What play did you do? Like, Pippin. Okay. And, like, um... I did, uh, Rocky Horror... No, 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 I'm sorry. What is the one with the plant that eats everybody? Little shop of uh, yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> my shit is in right now yeah. for some reason. But that's all right. So, um, let's see. What else was there? Uh, like, Sound of Music. Yeah. And it was good. It was a cool experience, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I was just half-assed. Like, just to be totally honest. I so, just didn't really take it seriously. So, college. So, you, you start going to college. You said you started taking it serious in college. Is Are you... Going to school for music now, or what no. happened? Okay. Yeah, no, I went to Indiana, uh, Indiana University in Bloomington, and I actually auditioned and like got my ass beat. I had no idea what I was getting into. You auditioned to get in the music department. Yeah. Okay. Did not get in. Yeah. Um, but like these these cats who were in college were like ridiculous, and that actually was a big fire under my ass to seeing these people that were my age. Who were like killing, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. drummers, yeah, and that sort of got me going. And I was like, "Fuck this! I want to, I want to study." So I like got through my, you know, undergrad, got another undergrad at City College in New York. Okay, so to fast forward a little bit. So I'm also gonna say, cough your heart out. I don't know what the hell's wrong with you right now? <laughs> I don't know. What's I usually don't talk you sound this like, much, yeah, unless I'm in rehearsal. You know? <laughs> unless I'm yelling. You mean we're not? You mean when you're arguing with uh, five guys? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So that's uh, I guess clear clear that up for me. So you get your undergrad at Indiana. And I was just partying. You're just still didn't take anything really that. Yeah. Soon. I mean, like I, I mean, you know, I was a good. What's person. your undergrad degree in, if you mind me? General studies. Okay. <clears throat> and then you go and you're like, you know what? I really like this. I'm gonna go to City College in New York. Yeah. So what what brought you there though? You, I heard that's funny too because like when I was going to college, there was a lot of cats that were like playing jazz and they were killing it, mm-hmm. and that was one of the schools that people were like, you know, there's a lot of good things happening there for music, but I never, you know, I didn't know anyone going there. I just like there's like a lot of buzz about that school too, you know. Yeah, wait, City College. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. City College was ridiculous because you can study with anybody, right? So they were, actually they had some like. For real, like John Pettitucci was yeah, there. Okay, like Ray Gallen, Mike Holliber, Dan Carillo. They had like an, I mean, an incredible faculty. Considering, like, considering you could go to like, <laughs> my voice. They had a really good voice instructor. But yeah, they had um, 
like you could go to New School and you know Manhattan School of Music and NYU and drop serious coin. Oh yeah. Or yeah. you could go yeah. to like City oh, College mean, and drop twenty five hundred a semester. But they actually didn't have a drum teacher, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I could study with anybody, and so I studied with like Ari Honig, which was so. I'm what did they? Student. What did they consider that though? I mean, for instance, like when I went to college for music, it was like dedicated programs where I was going for performance, jazz yeah. performance. No, it was a BFA in jazz. Okay, studies. Yeah. jazz studies. Okay, yeah. and um, yeah, that's what. That's another thing I heard is like those cats are living there, and they're like, you know what? Not only am I gigging, but I'm just gonna like teach. Yeah, it makes some. I mean, for the from the standpoint of like those amazing faculty that they have, you know. Yeah. Um, when I went to school for music, the drummers in the jazz program were always kind of like dogged on a little bit because you know you had to take like you know uh, ear training, and they were the ones that you know you're growing up like basically hitting hitting skins all day long and not really playing anything with like uh, harmony or melody right so it was always there's also kind of like another like hoop that the drummers had to go through to kind of prove themselves as like right 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 you know what I mean sure did you I mean did you like experience any of that too at all yeah but I dig that stuff I mean all my favorite drummers are composers you know yeah so um I you know I've I've known Allison Miller for example for a long time and I studied with her I consider her like one of those teachers who sort of ingrained in me a lot of, you know, direction. But she's a composer. Brian Blaze a composer. Adam Deitch is a composer. Those I are mean, all your idols. These basically. are all my idols, yeah, yeah. basically, you know. Yeah. So, um, I'm a drummer. Make <laughs> <laughs> noise. We have, yeah, side note, we got a new mic here, <clears throat> and uh, everything you do is just picked up by it. So you're going to hear, like, just the weirdest shit in the background and part of the weirdest shit that you hear in the background is like our drummer here just like tapping his toes every three seconds so <laughs> please apologize I apologize in advance but uh don't apologize for me I won't apologize for you ever again <laughs> so so okay so you're playing uh I, I mean you gotta be gigging now right yeah like, yeah yeah doing? I'm basically at this point I'm ke- trying to play catch up yeah mm-hmm. so I'm just gigging with anybody I can singer songwriters I played in this like rock band. I think I lost some hearing in that band, Temple of Echoes. Played in this really cool experimental. That was the name of the band. Or is that yeah, like a metaphor for that experience. No, no, no. That was uh, <laughs> that was the band. Okay. But I played in some like fun- really cool funk bands, and you know, I was just trying to. It was kind of ass backwards. Like I moved to New York to get good. Yeah, yeah. Instead of like proving that you can move to you know New York kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was a really good place to learn. I because mean, there's more fire. Oh, just absolutely. To, like, yeah. You know, of course. Everyone's on a new, you know, on a different level. <clears throat> <clears throat> but it's cool, man. You know, just did my hours every day. Yeah. So you like, are, at this point, you are what? 22, 23, 24. Oh, okay. So I, I lived in New York from 22 to 30. Yeah. And what brought you to the glorious Maryland state? I'm from here. Mm. My wife's from Indiana. And so we thought the different, like the middle, the midpoint of Indiana and New York was kind of like the DC area. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So we had to get, we were just ready to leave New York. Here's a fun question. What, uh, I mean, we're going to go back to while you're in New York a little bit, but I mean, comparing the, the Maryland DC <laughs> music scene to the New York scene, what are your thoughts on that? How would you compare the two? I mean, you get into your community, I think, no matter where you are, you know? Mm. 
But like New York, there's just so many different kinds of communities. Okay. You know? Yeah. Every single one you can think of is there. <coughs> Sorry about these coughs. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get you some water too after that beer. <laughs> the beer's not doing it, is it? <laughs> Starting to sweat. So you're, uh, you got. You got New York going on, and I mean, your experience in New York is awesome. Then, or, it's or, great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it expired. Right. It was just time to get out. Yeah. And I just couldn't get a, get ahead, make a living. So I started, te- you know, moved here, started teaching, and that's kind of my livelihood right now. Okay. Just teaching music. Out of uh, those bands from you know the time that you're <clears throat> 17, playing uh, in Pippin, all the way to. <laughs> When you're, you know, 28, 29, 30, coming back to Maryland, uh, you know, before La Unica, like, out of all those bands, you know, are any cool, are there any cool experiences in there? Oh, hell yeah. Like, Second Movement was, like, took up most of my time. That was, like, a funk. <clears throat> They're called Second Movement. Second Movement, yeah. Oh, nice. That's a good name. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think it could refer to, like, the Second Movement in a piece. Yeah. Um, or, like, the Second Movement on a clock. Yeah. Or maybe just dropping a deuce. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> that's what, me to that's the what a lot of people seem to think of, you know? <clears throat> but that was like, that was the best band because we got together every day. It was like a workshop band. Me, if I could drop some names, Justin Kimmel, one of my favorite musicians on earth, bass player. Yeah. And Thomas Shaw, a really great keyboard player and just musician in general. He, he's also a drummer. But um, we would get together like every day for hours and just like shed. Wow, man! So how many hours? Several, like at least a few, you know, yeah. a few hours. Like yeah. we had this studio in West Chelsea, and oh my god, that's crazy for a whole band, though. Wow, like, to have that dedication. Yeah, that's. I mean, in my opinion, I don't know how you feel about this, but like having some sort of like dedication to rehearsing yeah. or even practicing, because I used to when I was like on the top of my studying game and playing and just you know doing it game I guess that makes no sense um it was I was practicing three and a half hours at least like that was minimum like you like when I was going to college too for music it was like go you're basically taking class all day about music then you go and you go in the rehearsal spot for like three and a half hours at least yeah there's people that would like sleep in there like they had their whole drum set up in there they would rehearse and then like they would go and just like pass out in the corner like on a, something wake up and like start shedding again yeah. yeah that type of stuff is ridiculous but having a band that's that dedicated to like you know you know just making their sound ridiculous is, is pretty awesome so they're the band that you uh, so you started playing some festivals is that the festival band that you got into with or no because I know you said you you played a couple cool festivals a couple that, cool festivals We I wouldn't say we like did the festival it was, circuit. Okay. But, but that was the band I was most busy with. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Do you have a CD with that band? Did you have it? Yeah. It's on iTunes. Oh, really? I'm gonna we even it. have like an, an EP that we never really released. And there's some good music on there. Check it out. Thomas Shaw wrote most of the music. Justin Kimmel. He's an, you know another great bass player. Yeah. Producer. Kind of does it all Dude, too. bass players, man. Like sick, sick, sick bass players. I, I grew up with like a, a collective of like sick bass players growing up and, mm-hmm. and I just have a love for like you know really sick deep Mark Miller type of bass players mm-hmm. but um, okay so here's a fun question too so <clears throat> you moved to Maryland um, 
you know, what's going on in this scene? You start playing in D.C. or like what, what what's really happening here? And what happened with the band? With Second Movement? Or which one? The, uh, the uh, what was the name of the band that you had? That, the band with which you were rehearsing every day? Oh, Second Movement. Second well, Movement. Yeah, it just, actually it, it went on. I actually left the band and it kept going, actually. <clears throat> so, but it's gone now. The, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It had some like personnel changes through, along the way, and yeah, it just sort of yeah. expired. Yeah. So you started gigging then in uh, DC. I mean, who, what kind of crowds? Did you, I mean, I guess you knew people in this area always, right? Since yeah, I mean, I met a whole bunch of people at Bakhtar Rock. That was like my first gig here. Oh, nice! Like mm -hmm. teaching like nine lessons a day, like every day, for like pennies. So that's like this is Bakhtar Rock for kids. Yeah, it's right. for anybody. It's like a private. Lesson house basically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So kids and up from there. Like yeah. Anywhere up to. Any, like, what was your oldest student? There was like high school probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, I met a lot of people through there. So I started playing with like Ben Young. He's a really good local guitar oh, yeah. player. Oh yeah. Um, Ben's sick. And then like you know just through the grapevine you just started hearing you know I met Brian Falkowski and he's like super busy he's like everywhere. Um, but we did like a weekly thing at Columbia Station for like two years, jazz, like jazz. you know, and then that kind of morphed into a band called Budafly that I was in for a while. Yeah, which is no longer. But what now? That's my thing because when I hear you outside of Lawnica when you're just gigging with some some guys and stuff, I do hear you play jazz. Mm -hmm. at, you know, I guess I got to dig back. You know, when when did that happen? Where you were like just. That you were like, because you said in high school you real still didn't take things seriously. You right. moved to New York, you go to new school. Yeah. City college. I'm sorry, city college. And then, you know, as it right there <laughs> that you're like, you know what? I'm I mean, I've always sort of loved jazz. Okay. I've always loved it. But I mean, I got way into it in New York. Yeah. I'm still into it. I still love it. But like, I want to make people dance. That's like my priority. Right. I'd rather jam, do some jazz stuff like at home with friends doing a session you know yeah like gigging on jazz is not my I mean I, I love doing it but like right. it's not commercial enough yeah we're just like I don't think I think jazz musicians like jazz I don't you know, know what man like this normal is normal people like jazz you know, you know you just open up a side conversation here because I mean I'm a I'm a I'm only cough first come on just let it out it's like it's the gone. dry man yeah I, I don't get, know what that is <laughs> You don't know what that is. No, I mean I don't know. It like came as soon as we're like, all right, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this interview. You're like, I feel you're, great. Yeah, you're talking like, yeah, yeah, we're all good. And then all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the name of that guy? Did you uh, hate? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't take that seriously. I love Smashing Pumpkins. Maybe it's his board, the bench. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. So, Jazz. Here's one thing I gotta say. Um. I love jazz music, but more than lately, I've actually been hating going to jazz gigs mm -hmm. and having everyone sit down. Mm -hmm. And maybe I look at it differently, but who did I see? I saw um, Schofield and Joe Lovano, yeah. and I went to the Strathmore. <clears throat> Strathmore is in Bethesda, Maryland. It's like a really nice music hall. Awesome. And as I was sitting there, I'm like, you know what? I remember why I have not seen a show in a music hall like this in years because yeah. 
that music that is happening is an art form and it's amazing but you can still move that and you you can still talk over that music when you're not disrespecting that music Hmm. and I'm sitting in this these chairs just watching this like amazingness and and I'm sitting here like this is as soon as they're done everyone's just like doing their little you know golf clap and it's like there's so much more in that music it needs to be in a place where people are standing up you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It needs to be in a place where people are having drinks and not ignoring it like in the like in the traditional sense of jazz music nowadays that isn't an atmosphere like that is people do not pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. But in a venue where there's no TVs, mm-hmm. people are standing up and they can dance or they can move around, that is, you know, moving music. It's not meant to be sitting down like an observer and well, I've historically seen... it was dance music I mean, if you know, want to hear something funny in, in Latin America jazz is for educated people mm-hmm. it's, it's all in the opposite uh, string of the spectrum as uh, it is in here in the US it's a, jazz is popular music hmm. it's people's music yeah. it's what it is well, in Latin America it's for well educated people and, and the general conception is that jazz is boring. What's well, the point? It's just some guy playing a, a song forever well, and doing solos. I mean, truthfully, it, I would say the same thing here. I mean, I think most jazz fans probably, are, I mean, depends your definition of education, but, you know, have explored a little bit right. about music, you know, I mean... Enough to find it. But I would say the same thing, though, that the majority of people listening to music nowadays, especially if you're under the age of, like, 19, are, like, almost don't even understand what it is. And it it has that, you know, from the outside looking in, kind of like, you could kind of say that people would consider it, like, an art form that is losing ground. You know what I mean? It's kind of... But it almost feels like it's been like that for, like, 20 years. You know what I mean? Like... Well, it's like very much alive in the schools, right? Like yeah. the schools are keeping it right. And if you're a musician, yeah, yeah. Okay, but uh, I have I have another question for Mister Trevor. See, okay, you're playing with Buddha Fly. That's that was the, the awesome band, by the way. We went to the what was the name of that hotel? We went to see these guys play. I don't know. You were there, Dupont Circle. Yeah, well, ask him. You look. It'll come to me. Renaissance. Renaissance. Great. That that's that, that day you were fantastic, by the way. And uh, how can you... Because to be honest, I was in Miami working for the Hispanic Network when you came to La Monica. Yeah. Can you tell me that story? I've never heard the story. Nobody, nobody told me how, oh how that happened. Well, good old Brian Falkowski. Which, by the way, was a miracle for this band. It, that Probably one of the happiest days of this band. Come on. I think, like, you guys were in the market for a drummer, and Brian dropped my name, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how was, was the first moment? Hey, that I'm, I'm Treadwell. Yeah, that was the worst story ever. Keep going. Which one? Gonzo's like queuing you up for like you know riveting tale and you're yeah, like come on man. oh yeah yeah you guys were in the market you, I was there you well, give me no, romantic that's, that's the way it felt you, you, you <laughs> give me romantic when that happened where that happened story. you're like yo Bring come to this gig alright actually I they were doing lights 
candles. I was in Keezing, Wrightsville hogging. Beach, North Carolina, and my phone rings, and it was Corey. And you're like, yo, man, can we hook up? I'm like, oh, jam. Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah, totally, man. I, like, specifically remember. Absolutely not. What do you mean? That didn't happen. Yeah, you were my point of contact. Really? The very, very beginning. You were the How first person possible? I talked to. I don't Brian know. threw my number out to you? No. he. I think he gave you my number, and you hit me up. Oh, really? Okay. And then we hooked up that whole thing in uh, my parents' house. <laughs> Is that where, like, the... Where you, me, and Matt met for the first oh, time. Oh, yeah. Okay, keep going. And uh, See, now this is the story I was waiting for. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, me too. Giant, giant something loose here. So you first met Corey, and then Giants. And Matt. No, at the same time. Oh, okay. I had to hear, like, two notes, two hits from you, and I was like, all right. These guys are like, so we have, like, uh, like 40 tunes that you need to learn by, like, Adam's Morgan Day or something. And then, like, no, I don't know about that, but it was something like that. Yes. <coughs> and then um, he's like, oh, yeah, Gonzo, he's like, uh, he's our violin player and percussionist and singer and, like, dancer and pole dancer. <laughs> I was like, wow, this guy's, this guy's got it together. Yeah. And he does. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's... he's now, what do you... what? What do you think when who is planning to you what we what we do? What Launica does? I still don't know what Launica does. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the beauty of Launica. I mean, we don't you know, you hear so many people talking about like genre and stuff like you're supposed to be yeah. a certain way. And I don't think I honestly can say genuinely that Launica doesn't feel like they have to be a certain way. Yeah. Which is one of the most refreshing things about being in the band. Um, wow. That's, I mean, we kind of do a yeah, lot Yeah, but of, we, we, uh, we kind of, sorry about that, I had to get a refill here, that's why you're here. Yeah, me series. too. So, uh, you heard, I mean, we still described to you what type of music it was. I mean, we had to put it a certain way, right? Yeah. Um, I don't remember that. I don't remember the original description. That uh -oh. would be a bottle cap. Where's that? This is the chocolate style from last week. Oh, uh, you keep it. That's too strong for me. Okay. We're still here. We're drinking beer. I'm okay. I'm good. Man, who who's going to listen to this with bottle caps bouncing on the ground? That it gives it, you know... Real people. <laughs> real what people, man. This is like uh, <laughs> keeping it real podcast. That's cool. Okay, you... You met Matt and Corey, and then the great day arrived. Yeah, like, I was terrified. Adam's Morgan Day. I met you, finally, the day of the gig. Dude, you kidded that. And I was like, man, I was like... You fucking kidded that day. I was day. like, so you got your cowbell, And right? we were playing with the big band. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Falkowski, Gerald. Camilo. And Benito. And Benito, yeah. My God. God, man. That was crazy. That was such a silly gig, too. <laughs> These guys, it was like 9-11. I'll never forget. Oh, that was the gig, right? And they were like, yeah. there's like, it's like, I think the first Sunday of the NFL, maybe not. It was, okay, I could, I could cue it up for you. It's Adams Morgan Day Festival, yeah. which lands on, like, it's like the first Sunday in September, mm -hmm. which happens to be also the first day of the NFL season, regular season, and we're playing at like noon, which is like 
technically a, a crappy slot because it goes to like six o'clock and there's bands all day so this is like the beginning of when music starts playing and we are playing with a big band which is like La Unica plus like two percussionists and a guitar player and a, and a saxophone player and all of a sudden like the the guy who is a real nice guy uh he just took it on himself to like make it known that at like noon or at 12:30 we had to have a moment of silence for it being the 9/11. It's 10 years, like, right? Counted yeah. down. It's 2011, right? Yeah. He's like yeah. 10, 9, 8. Do you remember this shit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> and then it was like it was like 3, 2, 1 and then like some some team scored a touchdown and the yeah. bar went crazy and he's like telling people to shut up. It was like the most like ludicrous thing. First off, ever. never have never have a countdown for a moment of silence. Never. <laughs> never. That was It was like New Year's too, Eve yeah. and then all of a sudden just the worst <laughs> and I mean first off yes have a moment of silence but we played three or four songs and everyone's like starting to like liven up start dancing and then he's like oh by the way uh, ten years ago today like okay and in the middle of our set and then he was yelling at us to stop because at 12.30 they were having this moment of silence like it was just a good idea just, just stupid planning and, yeah. and the, the whole bar looked over because he was trying to tell them to shut up the whole bar is like looking from the out, like the inside of the bar because the end people on the looking roof, through the window. They're like, "What the? What the hell?" Is that, that must have been a really funny perspective. <laughs> <laughs> You're like drinking, watching football. Like. They're drinking, watching football, and yeah, oh, it had to be one o'clock, I bet, because it was like right at kickoff. And yeah, they're drinking, having fun, looking outside, and having sky on a microphone and tell us to shut up. Shut up. Inside this establishment. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's funny. It was funny. So we did that, and then we, and then it was like one of it must. Neil must have planned it. Neil, our uh, <clears throat> fearless tin whistle player, must have planned a second gig after that. So then we walked, schlepped all our shit up to Roomba. <laughs> to like, Roomba, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a long day. Yeah, we uh, we have a, a residency at, at Roomba Cafe every once in a while. And yeah, 18th Street, uh, Washington D.C. Check it out. It's 18th good. and Columbia. Yep. Definitely, uh, if you're looking for a place to bring a date, this is the number one spot. Oh, yeah. If you haven't been there already, come through. Great Latin American cuisine. Great music, usually. Mojitos. Mojitos. Amazing staff. You get to know you know people that work there. No TVs. Real intimate. Really yeah. great art. Great mm-hmm. art on the wall. It's, and it's like new. It's always interchanging. And yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's definitely... Uh, a spot to hit up too, but yeah, we had a gig that night there as well. So that's funny. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, what do you think about the future of uh, La Unica and the band? I mean, where do you see things going right now? Aside from us all growing most mustaches, um, <laughs> not all of us. This is my first day with a mustache okay. in my life. <clears throat> yeah, um, I can see that. <laughs> I was a little premature. I should have let it go a little longer before I shaved, but. That's good, man. Fuck it, man. Keep going. Where do I see the future? Yeah, I mean, what do you, you know, what are your plans for, you know, what are your goals or what are you, what are you excited about for playing with Lowenica in, in 2014? And yeah, I mean, I just want to play for as many people as possible. Sell some albums. Actually, to be honest, I mean, selling is great, but distributing. I just want people to have this music, you know. Yeah. I want to get some new music recorded. 
in late 2014 with this band I think would be a good idea yeah I think that's so great like when people like discover a band and then they're like oh shit these people like have a catalog it's like you know yeah, yeah. it's like you have to oh damn them. this isn't their first this isn't their first yeah, fucking rodeo like, you know it's like, discover the rest of the music um, so just keep like you know artists are always making music and recording it and it doesn't work out the first time fuck it just keep going just keep creating yeah just, you know, that's the one thing. If I were to if I were to go back to my younger self, uh, or anybody, you know, if I, even if I'm like teaching somebody who like really loves music and wants to do music of any sort as a profession, I'd say consistency is like the number one thing. With and you could apply that word to anything. You could apply it to practicing. You could apply it to you know writing music. But overall, if you're if you got a good thing going on you know, with your band or whatever and everyone's like on the same page and you just consistently keep it happening. Even if you like have arguments a lot or whatever, because I mean, we have tons of arguments, which is, yeah. you know, Never awesome. been in a band that didn't. You know, honest. but uh, just keeping it going because a lot of times you just see bands come and go and, you know, there's differences and stuff like that in the band and they kind of break up. But like, you know, you're just building something, you know month after month day after day and then yeah. like that can become something you know what I mean I think when I was young I was like in like a million bands and I was just kind of like eh whatever maybe my heart wasn't in it all the way but like just like something that I I did have a couple instances where there's bands that I was like wow this is like unique and then you know just for some reason or not it just like broke up but consistency like continuing to do that and after you look back after like five years you like you know have really built something yeah that's a good work and also <clears throat> I mean it feels good to believe in something yeah, it's like you said, it's easy to be in tons of bands and be like, you know, whatever, you know, you're doing it because you enjoy it. But it's another thing to like really believe in something. You know, lineup it kind of lends itself to that. I think pretty easily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, yeah, and it's 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 unlikely in my opinion. I mean, you know, we have some non full time musicians in the band who are very devoted to the music. You yeah. know, and it's. Uh, just a, you know, doesn't always have to be what you think it's going to be. Right. You know, so. Right, right, right. That's that's funny too because uh, thinking about that, I think that's like a great. That's actually another topic for another podcast or whatever. And I'll probably bring this up a million times, but just that thing about creating a song or creating a new song like like with Laonica, mm -hmm. you might go in with an, your idea, and then when it comes out you know the end product is a little bit different than what you thought it was but it's its own thing like yeah. you know it gets la unicized or whatever or whatever band it is that you're in you know what I mean yeah. it's like if you go outside and you look at like you know and study you know a Porsche on the street or, or like you know a really nice car and you come back inside the house and you draw that car on a piece of paper you know that idea is in your head but it's going to come out on that piece of paper a little bit different than how it really was yeah, that, totally. that original thing mm -hmm. so I once played in a band with this guy he was this banjo player he wrote this really cool music but he he wrote these he would write a complete composition but he was really selfless because he he expected it to be totally different right like he bring he's like this is just what I'm bringing to the people that I want to transform it into right a tune Right. And it's like really cool. And I you mean, have trust that. Exactly. Trust in. in, in, in that's exactly people. what that is. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, I'll let you cough it out. And then uh, we're going to listen to some music. So we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk about 
kind of keeping the theme, I guess, since we're somewhat of a fusion-ish band, uh, some some cumbia. So the theme is cumbia. We're going to look at cumbia uh, from all different parts of the world. Um, one band that I want to start out with... Where is where, Tell us about cumbia. Where's cumbia from? Cumbia, cumbia is from Colombia. It's a... Uh, there is a big uh, rivalry. Did I say it right? Rivalry. 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 Sorry for my uh, crappy English from Venezuela. But you you, you know, uh, it's like Geico. 15 minutes, good, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I should try. Geico, hit us up for that uh, free plug. Dude, Geico, Geico exactly. New Belgium. Who else exactly. did you say? Um, no. I don't know. Between just naming brands, Nike. Let's get some for free. Yeah. Right? Some people say that uh, the national uh, music from Colombia is actually the vallenato, but uh, to many others, it, it is cumbia. Um, what is vallenato? Vallenato is, uh, is another is another style of music. It's it's pretty much, for example, artists like uh, Juanes. Like um, Shakira, for for some time, Carlos Vives, they use their their traditional music to you know to produce this pop and rock uh, kind of music uh, using traditional instruments like accordion. Uh, Vallenato has accordion. Mm-hmm. Cumbia sometimes does, sometimes mm-hmm. doesn't. Cumbia has violin. So it, I, I guess it depends from. So, what are the characteristics? Just about like the rhythm and everything. And um, it has that. Uh, yeah, it, they, in, in Colombia they they used um, an instrument that is called the guira, which yeah. is a metal uh, scrapper. Yeah. And um, it it produces like the bass that give the the beat you know that brightness that gets people dancing and they use deep sounding drums tamboras boom 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 and uh, I guess that combination along with with guitar uh, accordion and violin produces that wonderful you know beat and music yeah and uh, so is it traditionally like more of a dance type of yeah absolutely I, I believe uh, if if I'm wrong, please a Colombian, a fellow Latin American, can shoot me an email. Um, Antioquia region, region which is a part of Colombia, uh, is the most important place where cumbia is produced. I mean, cumbia has been around since forever, and um, actually, the western part of Venezuela and the northern part of Ecuador. They, they, they listen to that. So Colombians are, have been pretty good sporting their music. All right, so uh, this band, <clears throat> it's kind of a, a fusion of styles too. The band is called Shisha Libre. Chicha is a drink. Yeah. It's a drink produced with rice. And corn, right, or something like that? Um, like corn uh, or something like that? Is in that, Venezuela, it's rice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll figure that out, and again, email us just to like smack us around and tell us all the stupid shit we're saying because we're kind of talking about our ass right now. But uh, <laughs> the band is Chicha Libre, and I believe they're from New York. We're gonna give you some great details when we come back. But uh, Chicha Libre, the song is Sonido Amazonica, Amazonico. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. 
listen to? Uh, Chicha Libre, Sonido Amazonico. All right. So, yeah, that, I came across this band, and I, I was just kind of on, like, a little SoundCloud binge for a while, kind of just listening to all different groups on, mm-hmm. on SoundCloud, and one leads to the next, one leads to the next, and then I came across Chicha Libre, and it's such, it's, it's kind of unique, you know? It has, I think they describe themselves on SoundCloud as cumbia with surf guitars. <laughs> but I mean pretty much you know it has just like I mean there's nothing really huge happening in the song in terms of like the whole rhythm section like they're kind of sticking with one kind of groove that's just like being built upon but you know I think it's like definitely a, a cool track and I, I mean maybe La Unica could cover some of that stuff what do you think? Uh, I, uh, I, I will say that we can create our own you know cool thing mm-hmm. big time but yeah definitely we can play that music it's definitely our style yeah I mean that blend whenever I hear something like that I automatically think whistle violin <laughs> I mean cause it just the organ and the guitar working back and forth that could have been whistle and violin over yeah. right here you know, oh yeah, like <laughs> yeah any given day yeah actually. I don't know if Neil has like the chromaticism in his whistles Maybe he does. He, you know, I asked him to do some chromatic stuff he, before. He can, he but does. it's such a weird instrument to do, like, chromatic runs on. Yeah. yeah. He has to, I think he actually covers the whole of the Tim Whistle, like, in... No way. Like, he 75%. Has, he has, like, 15 different whistles. But you could... Yeah, but they're not made to go, like, you know, A, a sharp, Ah, uh, of course. C, yeah, yeah, you're right, C you're sharp, right. D. I it's wonder like, if there's a chromatic whistle out there. Oh man! I'm sure it's be. not like a. It has to be. He would probably shit on it. <laughs> He's like not a purist. He would no. That would be good because then Neil didn't have to like change his whistle fifteen yeah, times. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> With the Velcro strap. Yeah. Side note: This guy, by the way, is like constantly changing stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because he also plays trumpet. He's like uh, he's like carrot top of the of the music world. He consistently goes back and changes his. His instrument for the second yeah or whatever we're playing but uh, alright we're gonna keep it rolling with uh, Cumbia that's you know uh, unique so let's let's move it forward what is this now this is uh, something that Gonzo brought to the table what did we listen to um this is not Cumbia but uh, if you feel the beat it's pretty similar oh I'm sorry to my Mexican friends uh, I don't really know which style came first um, but this is three ball MMTY Tribal Monterrey, which is like a it's a it's a group of DJs, pretty young DJs, and uh, they, they what they did was uh, they they took elements from traditional regional Mexican music and turned turned them into this super danceable techno beat that. You know, took over completely. Took over uh, the the Hispanic scene and Central America. And um, actually, I went to a place in in New York. Was in New York? No, it was it was here in Washington with some friends. And it was a it was not a Hispanic bar, and they were playing that music. So. Um, Let's 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 take a listen and um, let's see what happens. And this is uh, this band 
do they are they the ones that had that um that Vice City or I'm sorry not Vice City, that Vice documentary about them at all. Yeah. I don't know if they yeah. kinda of look that up. So I, look up look up the words three ball, three B A L L and uh Cumbia and then you can find some stuff. But we're gonna play a song for you right now. That was uh, Three Ball MTY with uh, Intentalo. Try it. Uh, like I said, um, you can see the similarity with between these two uh, beats. Yeah. And uh, the way uh, the widow or the widow in the... I, I don't 
really know what instruments are in the traditional Mexican regional music. But, uh, I mean, this is super danceable. And, uh, well, it's, it's definitely like, you know, produced electronic dance music. Oh, big time. You know. Big time. But it shares that rhythm. It's taking that rhythm. Using that traditional That's speeding it up to like 100 beats per minute at least. Uh, and then, you know, putting all types of electronic synthesized shit on top of it. And Big then, time. you know, making it kind of like uh, more hip, if you will. But uh, it definitely, watching the video, everyone should watch the video, look that up, because it'll make you feel a little bit older. Because these kids look like they're like three years old. But they're good. <laughs> they, they know it. what they're doing. They know what they're doing. <laughs> Big time. They, have, they, they took over, a couple of years ago, they really took over the zine everywhere. They were in the Latin Grammys. If I remember correctly, they were in the U.S. Grammy Awards. Because these guys, I mean, these kids, it's unbelievable. They, they, did, it, they did a pretty good job. Yeah, What's I mean, next? basically, like, the DJ yeah. the whole scene is just blowing up everywhere. If you want to, you know, if you're yeah. talking about world music, I mean, that's like, DJs are like all mm -hmm. over the place now. And we will be doing that. We will be bringing some DJs on and talking about that, that type of shit. But, uh, the next band, I'm going to put you guys on to Corey's side project, which is totally, um, you know, a product of listening to this thing that we'll listen to. This is Captain Cumbia, and we're listening to one of these tracks. Round three. Fight. Original side. For Valentine's Day. For Chicas. Little Mouse Reading from Paris, Bucci Shaker, Cumbiero, Captain Cumbia. <laughs> Let me see that, Pedronito. This is the round three. Take it in the face. Capri, Capri, Captain Cumbia. Let me see Yes, I'm in Thank you. 
she's gonna see. Can't believe my baby, she don't love me no more. See, I act on the pool and get into my divorce. See, I was feeling like a superstar. What she felt, I did not care. All I heard about was just the sound of pictures from the crowd. Now I'm feeling rude and lonely. For then I love and tell what I am hungry. Why do I chase on the food girls? I went, why I don't let myself go there for a stay? I know a man has got to be a man. I was soaked up in my pride and this I understand. It is too late, it's too late, she's gone now. I guess I've learned a big lesson. I am so proud. Cause I was in the midst of a crowd. Oh, we have to be so wrong. It's the way down, she's already gone. I said I might be so proud. Cause I was in the midst of a crowd. Oh, we have to be so wrong. Captain Cumbia and kind of got you all hyped up right there and uh, Treads got so hyped he just had to go do a couple of pull-ups on this pull-up bar in front of us. <laughs> Half of a couple. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I'm going to say that uh, the song that we listened to was just a mashup of, of uh, this DJ. He's from France. So it kind of shows you that this music from Colombia just kind of travels all around the world. And this oh, DJ yeah. is mashing up stuff. He was mashing up Chaka Dimas. And Pliers, the song, uh, So Proud. <clears throat> so, if you look him up, look him up. A lot of cool stuff. That's definitely kind of inspiration for stuff that I'd like to do live. That'd be cool to do, like, DJ, live cumbia set, mashing stuff up with reggae. But, um, so definitely check him out, Captain Cumbia. <clears throat> and that thread in there, I know Treads was like, I don't really hear the cumbia that much. It's there, you know, I mean, like, a lot of the DJs that are mashing that stuff up are just taking that, basically that sample of the guida, just cha 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 So, should I say the key word of this show is guida? There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> For sure. And they had that thread there, and then with the reggae, you hear the, the on the upbeat, the, eh, 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 eh. And when you listen to cumbia, you hear that more pronounced, like, a, there's even, like, a... Sounds like a conga or something like yeah. that. Just like, boom, 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 When I first boom, joined the band, by boom. the way, you guys were like, man, play some cumbia. And I was like, I first off have no idea what cumbia is. <laughs> but then, then you'd start singing it, and I'd play like some dub, like one drop thing. And you're like, yeah, I'm like, this this shit is reggae, man. <laughs> <laughs> but there are some similarities. But yeah, there are, definitely. Of course. Especially in that rhythm section. Guys, you got to remember that every single country below the Rio Grande... All the way to La Patagonia in Argentina was a Spanish colony. 
So we mm-hmm. we we mm-hmm. got every single one of us have a Spanish heritage. Mm. So their music is in our blood. Mm. If we drink, it's it's because of the Spanish. If we eat spicy food, it's because of the Spanish. It's just like a like a general thing mm-hmm. in Latin America, I should say. Okay, all right, yeah. all right, we hear you. So um, that was pretty much it for the music listening session. Um, we're just going to leave you with a couple notes. Number one, all the music that you're listening to is available online. Uh, you can stream it for free on the artist's website, or you can look it up on YouTube. Um, so what we're doing is we're just kind of using all this music in a fair use way and making comments on it. <clears throat> um, we're definitely going to put notes on the notes section on worldmusicpodcast.blogspot.com so you could find the direct links to it. Feel free to email us. Mundo Musica Podcast at gmail.com. M U N D O M U S I C A Podcast at gmail.com. Write myself, Corey, or Gonzo an email if you like the guests you want to correct us on all the bullshit that we've been talking about. <laughs> feel free and do so if you want to say what's up to Matt Treads, our drummer. Uh, you can do so as well. Uh, and does anyone have any final notes you guys want to? No, well, uh, I, uh, I have. Uh... And it's, um, I decided that you should learn some Spanish. Um, the first lesson will be, Mi nombre es. My name is. There you go. How about that? That's a, that's a good note. Okay, so we're all going <laughs> to leave you with that. Mi nombre es Corey. Thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, definitely come out to one of our shows. We're opening up for Disordered Publico in uh, D.C. at the Look Supper Club on Tuesday, November 26th. Give us some Spanish over here, Treads. With uh, with the lesson that you just learned. Mi nombre es Mateo. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go.